Welcome back to the Fed Watch Podcast. I'm Ryan McMakin. I'm a senior editor here at the Mises Institute. And with me is one of our specific Fed watching bloggers, writers, columnists that we got at the Mises Institute. That's Robert Arrow. And we've had Robert on some other podcasts in the past. But I think what we're going to do here with Robert on Fed Watch going forward is uh, every time there's an FOMC meeting uh, where Powell gets up and makes some new announcement about policy, we're just going to talk a little bit about what was their announcement, uh, how credible is it, what do we think they're going to do in the future. Uh, because I know that our listeners who are normal people with real jobs, they don't, they don't tune into the press conferences. They don't watch every move that the Fed is doing. So we'll just give you a quick rundown. We watch the Fed press conferences so you don't have to, basically. The only person I know who watches them who's a normie is a friend of mine who uh, he, uh, he's a single guy and he sold off a business recently. So now he's got a bunch of money. And he is—he doesn't have a job anymore because he—he just took all their money and now <laughs> doesn't have his business. So he watches all these press conferences. Uh, but I suspect that as soon as he starts a new business, he's going to be too busy for that. So I'm—I'm I'm going off of this and thinking that mm, if you're—if uh, you actually have a life, maybe you just need someone to distill these press conferences for you. So we're going to talk about those a bit, and so. Let's just get right into it then. Uh, if uh, you were paying attention, you noticed that last Wednesday there was a FOMC uh, announcement where they got together for a couple of days as the Federal Open Market Committee. This is where they set uh, the federal funds rate, which is essentially the key policy rate that all central banks have. They call it different things in different countries. In this country, it's the federal funds rate. This is the rate they try to use to really influence interest rates across the economy with varying levels of effectiveness, but it certainly has some effect. And they've, they've kept it extremely low for a very long time. And we'll look at that a little bit, that these 1%, half a percent, 0.25%, effectively zero uh, federal funds rate in an attempt to keep stimulating the economy uh, almost in every quarter since 2008. And they've been moving it up over the past year. Uh, in fact, over the past year, they've increased it by uh, five percentage points. So that's pretty significant. But if you look at the graph, it's still not a high interest rate. It just gets you back to where you were in 2007. And uh, it's still not as high as it was in the 90s, which was not exactly a period of high interest rates uh, either. And so part of what Robert does for us is he goes in and uh, he provides some commentary uh, on our front page. And let's look at that a little bit, uh, Robert. You tuned in to the, the press conference, and he said, oh, well, the big news was we're going to pause the uh, federal funds rate after this year of moving it up uh, significantly, but not to any high rates. We're going to pause it here at 5.25%. So this is the first meeting in a while where they haven't increased it at all. And so what do you make of this? Is this, uh, will this accomplish anything? Is this really just a political move? What is it? Um, so basically, we've spent the last year and a bit of, you know, lowering rates and, you know, quantitative tightening and 
all these things that they tell us will quote unquote fight inflation. Uh, and, you know, several bank crises later, many bailout along the way. Um, it just so happened that they decided last week to pause uh, interest rates. Um, now, here, here's the problem. So, although, you know, I don't believe and, you know, most people don't believe that you can just quote unquote lower inflation or lower prices by raising interest, interest rates, the Fed does believe this. This is, this is actually one of their key pillars or their core principles. They believe in this Phillips curve where, you know, there's a trade-off between unemployment and inflation. And then if you raise interest rates, you could lower inflation and all these, you know, uh, you know scientific as calculations that we know aren't really true. Um, so here is the Fed finally saying that we're committed to fighting inflation. That's our top priority. But for now, we've cut interest rates. Um, of course, despite inflation readings, that's still, you know, 4%, 5%. So it's essentially this balancing act where on one hand, the Fed or Powell has to convince the world that they're serious about fighting inflation. On the other hand, they have to try to justify why they're not continually raising interest rates despite high inflation or price inflation. And we should so note that they really at. only came, they only started raising rates after their their own inflation numbers, price inflation, started heading up quickly in 2022, right? And then up to that time, Powell was still saying in the fall of 2021 that it was all uh, transitory and no big deal. Yeah, right. And then they just suddenly figured out, oh, in 2022, yeah. oh, there's actual price inflation. I guess we better do something about it. And that seems to be the only reason really why they allowed rates to go back up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So here we started with that whole transitory. That must have been, I don't even know how long did they use that a year or it was, it was early on, right? We had the pandemic and the five trillion dollars of money printing um they shut down the economy and then lo and behold you know prices started going higher uh, and then they'll say bottleneck so it was it was really a game of just blaming everything and i guess now you know we have to kind of take or they have to take some accountability right because first it was bottlenecks well sorry first it was covid and then covid led to bottlenecks and then that led to shortages and then according to them demand inexplicably you know, rows, you know, people start buying stuff for whatever reason. And then it was transitory. But I guess, um, you know, we're at a stage where they had to do something about it. Well, um, and don't forget now, Putin's I guess price hike. The, uh, the Ukraine war caused oh, yes. inflation, too. Yes, <laughs> sorry. Putin's, yeah, that was Ukraine. Um, and then I think Biden lowered gas prices. That was on him. <laughs> so that gave us some relief. Yeah, so it's just, uh, you know, it's just a series of excuses, never-ending excuses. Um, this one is tricky because when, you know, I read through the press conference and I, I wrote the article on Powell Explains the Pause, and he'll say things like, you know, this is, this is verbatim, this is a quote, inflation has not really moved down. It is not, sorry, and he always, his grammar is always off, but essentially he says, uh, it has, it has not so far reacted much to our existing rate hikes, and so we're going to have to keep it at that. So sometimes his quotes are messy. Um, but he says, we've got to get inflation down to 2%, and we will. 
He says we're committed to getting inflation down, and that's the number one thing. Um, so it's hard. I just don't know how 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 are they committed to bringing price inflation down, but then they're saying, well, you know, we're just gonna pause rate hikes and just kind of see the data, and and always goes back to we're gonna see the data and talk behind our closed doors and just figure things out. That's kind of the gist of it, which is a tough sell. And I mean, they were only talking about quarter percent increases anyway. And because they had already slowed, right? They had had a couple periods where they had hiked yes. by 50 basis points, which yes. to the markets was just a huge big deal because they hadn't seen anything like that in more than 10 years, right? And yes. then they slowed it to 25 basis points. And now they're saying, oh, zero, we'll just wait. Um, yes. And the question is, are they ever going to go back to hiking? Again, I was looking at the old chart and yeah. uh, or just the chart of, of where the rates been over the years. And if you go back to, um, say, 2006, or you can even go back to the tightening period in 1994, 95. And these these were brief tightening periods uh, where they did raise the federal funds rate. You can see there were a couple of places where they did pause um one yeah. was in 2017 um and let's see you can find uh, a couple yeah it's like um like a stairs right it goes up and then it kind of as you know but it's not a perfect it's not perfectly symmetrical so i mean i guess it's not unheard of to do a pause and then maybe you know two months later six weeks later they come back with you know, a mini hike. I guess that is possible. Um, well, Canada, there's never a pause that. that long. That's the thing is you you find oh. sometimes a pause for a couple of months. Uh, yes, yes. But if they pause longer than that, it just means it's over. Yes, yes. So it's almost to say next this coming hike, maybe that's it, right? Right. If they, if they say one more pause, then you think, okay, two pauses in a row. Maybe that's yeah, it, right? Yeah, if they don't hike this next time, then I think we should be extremely suspicious if they plan to ever yeah. hike again. Because it seems that if you wait more than two months, then you just hit a plateau, and then the next step is a few months later, they start cutting the rate again. Yes. And then if you think about the narrative that they would have to spin, say uh, in six weeks from now, or in July, they, they pause again, and then it'll have to come to like two months later, to, to say a rate hike, that'd kind of be tough because everyone's saying, hey, well, aren't things okay? You know, we're fighting inflation, things are all right. And then all of a sudden you're hiking again. That would be a tough sell. Um, well, you know, we can't put it past the Fed because they could sell us on anything. Right. <laughs> but Well, and they'll claim yeah. anything. Uh, who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, but, they, they say stuff all the time about inflation being transitory or they say, oh, there's no rate hikes in store. And then they do the exact opposite a couple of months later. So, I mean, what, yeah. what the Fed says and what actually happens in the future has no apparently correlation or connection to each other whatsoever. No. <laughs> and again, I'm always left wondering when I read these press conferences and I see Powell and, you know, I, I, I'd never be able to get past the question of does he know what he's doing or how much does he know? I would have to assume at this point or at this stage in the game, you know, he knows, I, I would say personally, he knows he's fooling people. I just, I can't believe that, 
you know, it, he's really believing the own things he says. All right. I, I think, I mean, I think, yeah, he's on the payroll. He's on the take. I mean, it's more for public perception and future projections than anything else um, at this point in time. I, I just don't think he could claim ignorance anymore. Well, I mean, it could be he's fooling uh, the most gullible people in the world, which is economics PhDs who uh, believe yeah. that the Fed has independence and functions separately yeah. from the American political uh, system. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, sure, if you still believe that, great, buddy. Uh, but, of course, that's not the reality. There's clearly a huge political oh. element here. And, in fact, he's trying to yeah. say both things at once. He's saying... Oh, yeah. and we haven't brought down inflation yet, price inflation yet, with our hikes. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna still stay on top of the whole inflation thing, but we're just gonna pause right now. And they don't explain why yeah. exactly. And no. you note here that there was a good question, um, and the question was in your article. You say I, I I don't know if this was Steve Leisman. Only like a couple of these these people from the gallery ever have any decent questions. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, or decent planted questions, but yes. Yeah, right, yeah. they're usually just the most boring, uh, trite yeah. stuff. But this one was, quote, I'm curious what gives you and the committee the confidence that waiting will not be counterproductive, that is waiting to raise again, yeah. will not be counterproductive at a time when the monthly pace of cornflation is still so elevated, unquote. Yes. So, yeah, what is the, yeah. did, did Powell give a question to that? I don't really remember, or did he just hem and haw? Um, so that was, I think that was that Nick, what's his name, Timarios? I think oh, that was him. And the then Wall Leesman Street Journal. The other sure. Yeah, Wall Street Journal. And then I believe it was Leesman who said, as a follow-up, what's the value in pausing and signaling future rate hikes versus just hiking? So why not just rip off the Band-Aid and raise rates today? So, so basically, like a reasonable in response question. to those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, what, if not now, when, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. Um, sure. So, so Powell, he was just in response to those. He was just saying about you know determining the extent of additional policy firming. Essentially, we have to go back and to them they're saying, well, we're going to look at the data and kind of make a decision again uh, six weeks from now. Um, and then he brought up this thing about you know it's common sense to go a little slower. I, I think it is possible that in his well, in from what he said, they may just hike next time just to kind of keep it going and it's just going to well we're hiking we're just slowing down the pace of hiking but i mean i know it on one hand you know they treat it very scientific and you know quantitative economics and all this stuff but they they can't substantiate anything they're saying right there's no there's no sense to say why pause now and then hike later there's nothing you know, even even if you tried to have an equation of that, it wouldn't even make sense, right? Yeah, it's remarkable. Let's not forget that like a year ago, the Fed still was trying to project this aura of, well, we've got this long-term plan. We have very smart yeah. economists here, and yeah. we're, uh, we know what's going to happen in the future, and we've got it all mapped out for what interest rates are going to be and what the inflation rate is going to be. And you oh, got guys up there like Cash up. Carey— Right, they're they're yes. thinking they're telling you what the inflation rate is going to be two years away, and they don't have the slightest yes, clue. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, and, and that's in the statement of projections. When you look at it, only in twenty twenty five does the projections hit two percent for like CPE, PC. 
they're still projecting and so think about we're still halfway through the year we still have 2024 to go they're not even remotely considering like two percent they're still saying four percent in the year ahead which is absurd right right <laughs> i mean on the one hand it's absurd because how can you project that on the other hand even if you could project it why not you know why not get it to two percent right away like it just it just makes no sense either way you slice it yeah we should note for those of you who uh don't follow all this stuff closely most months uh, they also release with their statement on whether they're going to raise rates or not their summary of economic projections yes scp and so they then uh, they include the, the so-called dot plot. And this is each member of the committee is a dot. And they say where they think various indicators are going to be, like unemployment rate or where's the target policy interest rate going to be in a couple of years. And so you can look here, as Robert was just saying, right? They're, <laughs> they're giving these projections out to 2025, and they act like they have any idea what the target interest rate is going to be at that time. Now, of course, for 2023, they're all saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be around, you know, five, five and a half percent, maybe. Clearly, most members think the rate is going to continue to go up. They think it's going to go up. Yeah. That doesn't actually signal a what their actual position is, whether they favor it going up or not. And then they see, oh, yes. it's all coming way, way down in 2024 and 2025. Now, don't put much stock in this stuff at all because I went back. So <laughs> I looked at what were they predicting? You can just go back and look at the old SEPs. What were they predicting two yeah. years ago? And they were saying that in the year 2023, that the target rate, almost every committee member thought the target rate would be under 3% for this year. They, they thought that in, in 2022, they thought it would be around 2% for most of the members. And when, of course, by the end of the year, they had already raised it up to over 4%. So these people's projections are basically useless in terms of a projection of what's going to happen in the future in terms of policy. And I think it really illustrates also all of this talk of uh, how the Fed had a plan they don't. And that's, I think, as you know, Powell then just has to say, oh, well, we're going back. We're going to go back to our committee and we're going to we're going to look at what the data says and then we'll decide six weeks yeah. from now what the policy is going to be. Yeah. 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 Like the behind their closed doors, they're going to just, you know, we don't really know. Are they, are they looking at anything else beyond that? Are they just looking at projections or is there some secret hidden data that we're just not privy to or we're not smart enough like them to figure it out? I mean... <laughs> you know, we know that's not the case. It, it, it's essentially just them, I guess, more or less. They could be throwing darts out of board for all we know, right? Well, and of course, we don't know what conversations take place behind the scenes with the White House and with yes. congressional leaders because they're concerned about uh, what the elections are going to be um, next year. And they don't want the economy to completely tank. I mean, these people are all very short term thinkers. So I'm sure the ideal yeah. scenario is that they can just keep things going. They can kind of white knuckle with the economy um, yes. through 2024 and then just convince the voters that everything's fine because we can point to a low unemployment rate and more job growth through the payroll survey, which is a crap survey 
that shows that yes. everybody's employed and the job market is tight. And I, that seems to be what F Powell is at least publicly basing everything on. Because he just keeps going back to the jobs data. Even though the manufacturing data is terrible, and in, yeah. in a variety of surveys, according to the Fed's own survey from the New York Fed, and looking at uh, credit card debt, looking at savings, the household situation shows extreme weakness. Uh, real wages have gone down for 26 months in a row, but they're telling us, oh, the, the job market's never been tighter. Hard to see how the real wages keep going down when the job market's just so doggone tight. And yes. that's, that just seems to be Powell's MO, is he just goes back and he says, well, the job market's really, really tight, so we have to keep raising rates. But now he's backed off on that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't know what Wall Street's telling him. I don't know what the White House is telling him. It would seem that if the job market was so tight, they'd keep raising rates, as, as a couple of the more decent members of the press asked. They're like, what's the point in pausing now? If the job market's still super tight and price yeah, inflation um, is still... I mean, their preferred inflation rate is the PCE. It's not actually the CPI rate, right? They use their... Yeah. Their yeah. PCE measure, which is, uh, you know, minus food and energy sort of thing. And that's still up at, what, 4.7? Yeah. So that's more than double Four. their target 2%. So what's the point of pausing now? They just don't have any answers here. No, no, no. So, I mean, I, I think as the game continues, it'll just be more dancing and more and just more, you know, red herrings and, and things to blame and, you know, Fed speak and all that kind of thing. Um and that's, you know, and if we think about it, that's where we are today. But who knows what, you know, two months or three months, the minute there's the next uh, banking crisis or, you know, stock market collapse. I mean, the whole playbook, in my opinion, is going to go out the window, right? Inflation, jobs data, nothing's going to matter at that point. Um, as we saw the kind of mini bailout that we saw in March, right? I mean, the balance sheet went back up to 400, to 400 billion and, and all these program so i mean even if powell is going to talk about the employment or the inflation the minute there's a crisis i think the playbook goes out the window right and we're in this crisis mode let's preserve the economy at all costs right well that's the good point right is <laughs> all it's going to take is the slightest sign of trouble and they'll start cutting rates again yeah exactly yeah that's like that's it like that's unequivocally you could bet the farm you know we can't predict when like no one could say you know on october of this year it's gonna happen no one could do that but when we look at the yield curve and we look at you know just you know how these things typically go you know the 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 rate cut comes when the crisis happens right the fed induced crisis which of course they'll never take the blame for but it's it's on them right so i mean if you think about even today when we talk about the pause or the hike and what's going to happen it doesn't really matter ultimately in the sense of, you know, rates maybe go down to 3%, maybe they'll go down to zero, maybe inflation goes to the moon. It won't really matter once, you know, we're in quantitative, you know, easing or quantitative easing to the moon, right? Yeah, there won't and then be any be like rational, long-term thinking. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the political events will drive everything. It'll be, oh, the economy's bad. Yeah. People are unemployed now. We yeah. better stimulate. And then that's it. And then they're exactly. just gonna—it's just gonna be the yeah. business of coming up with an excuse as to why they're cutting so much when inflation is high. Yes, yeah. No, and then when you look at the projections, if we look at the projections, you know, a year from now, they're—you know—it it may be completely off. 
But then that's the beauty of being the chair of the Fed, right? Because all or anyone inside the Fed, because even if these projections are wrong, which as you, you show, they, they have been wrong or are always wrong, there's no recourse. I mean, Powell's still going to get his pension. You know, he'll still be, you know, who's ever in charge will be hailed as, you know, the savior who, you know, lent out $10 billion and saved the economy and saved the stock market. And if inflation is high, you know, that might just be a trade-off that we have to live with. Um, but yeah, there's at, at this point in time, there's no recourse for anything they do. Well, and the the profession just tends to back them up too. Uh, the, on our last episode of Fed Watch, I had on Alex Pollock, uh, who's mm-hmm. uh, who after a 50 year career working with these people, yeah. um, yes. pointed out he's like all these academic economists, most of them. They receive grants from the Fed. They're essentially <laughs> on the Fed payroll in one way or another. Yeah. He's like, so they don't want yeah. they don't want to like come out and start bad mouthing the Fed and say its policy is BS. No. And so you've got this article from the 13th, looking at called CNN investigates the mystery of inflation. Oh, yes. right. We've got all yeah, these comments. They're like, hmm. It took us by surprise. We can't figure out why there's yeah. why there's price inflation. Yeah, yeah you we printed up five trillion dollars, but. That's not the reason. Uh, it, it must be Putin. And so we're all yes. like supposed to just be scratching our heads, acting like we can't figure out why so there's inflation. Yeah, yeah. Those have been, yeah, those and those on, on Twitter, they're big and they're like, it's literally CNN or yeah, a Nobel Prize winning economist saying, who knew what this inflation? Who knew price would rise? Who knew this? Who knew that? And you're thinking, you know, we, we've known this for over a hundred years. I mean, we, we've been Austrians have been talking about this for over a century, like literally over a century. <laughs> I can cite you. We could cite you Mises right now, and they they talked about there's nothing new under the sun. Of you know, you you print money, and you know, strange things happen, right? I mean, and, there's no. <laughs> and I mean, and this wasn't even a some sort of. Uh, roundabout thing where using the phrase printing money isn't quite accurate. I mean, obviously, they're not physically printing money. Um, But this was just simply an effort to monetize uh, government debt so that they Mm -hmm. could uh, allow the Treasury to issue trillions of dollars in new debt without the interest rate skyrocketing. And so the Fed bought up trillions of this stuff um, yeah, and that that just kept because there weren't enough buyers globally to no. buy up yeah. treasuries to keep the inf- the uh, interest rate low. So the Fed is just simply buying the stuff up. How do they buy it? They just create new money. So they were monetizing yeah, keeps- it. That's where you trade money, newly created money, to purchase government debt or some other thing. Sometimes they purchase mortgage-backed securities. Yeah, they were monetizing all of that debt. And that is essentially the equivalent of printing money. Um, and, oh, please don't come back and say, oh, well, they don't buy it directly from the Treasury. Yeah, I get it. They buy yes. it <laughs> on the secondary market. It doesn't yes. make any difference. Yeah, you always have the technical. Technically, no, no, they're not actually buying it. The bank buys it and then they buy it from the bank. Right. As if it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. That's like you got us, right? But. Right, as if buying oil from Venezuela versus Saudi Arabia um, isn't really buying yeah. oil. It has no effect on the global uh, oil price. Of course, it has an effect. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or if you bought the oil, or if you know Venezuela sold oil to Mexico and then we bought the oil from Mexico, well, yeah, we're not really buying from Venezuela, right? Like, <laughs> right. They, they've they got that. tricks to to try and claim. It's actually, um, was it Godfather Three? They ask him about oh, a buffer. He was on he was on the witness stand. You know, how, do you know the Godfather? And they explain to him that he has a buffer. And the guy on the stand, he says, oh, yeah, I use a buffer, right? <laughs> so it's basically the banks are the buffer for the Plausible Fed. deniability, so, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and this I last, do, yeah. this takes yeah. us just as the last issue then to uh, the portfolio, the Fed portfolio, right? We're sitting here, we're talking about yeah. the Fed buying up all of these treasuries. Well, then that adds yeah. to their portfolio, their assets that the Fed owns. And yes. this is, I think, the other element. Uh, Powell didn't talk about it a whole lot during this last no, press conference. No. I mean, he mentioned it. No. Uh, I don't even think, to be honest, like as far as reduction of assets or the Fed portfolio, there was nothing really came up. Um, where we are today, it's about $8.4 trillion um, dollar balance sheet, which is, you know, say $5 trillion. It's basically half half U.S. debt, half mortgages, more or less. So for the last year, we've only reduced by about $400 billion. That's If you think about how crazy, you know, life has been in the last year, think about the stock market. It's never, it's not making new highs. Think about interest rates. Think about just how, you know, beat up the economy is. And that's only through a reduction of the Fed's balance sheet by $400 billion. Right. I, I mean, that's right. Which is nothing. Right. We're talking about 400 billion out of what had reached 8.9 trillion. Yes, exactly. And so, what's I mean, 400 billion even out of what they've bought since 2020? Right. It had flattened out a bit after 2014. And then yeah. 2020 comes in like, oh, the, the federal government needs another two trillion dollars. So we better just buy up a bunch of their debt, which they did. Yeah. From March yeah. to May of 2020, increased their portfolio by it looks like almost three trillion, so that they could provide the federal government with more liquidity. And they're still not back yeah. to that. They haven't even gone back to where they were in 2020. So this idea that there's any sort of yeah. serious retrenchment here on the portfolio is nonsense. No. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you you can't even picture. Going back to pre-2020, like, you'd have to reduce by, you know, over $4 trillion. Like, you'd have to do 10 times what they've done in the last, what took them a year, you'd have to times that by 10. I mean, just just imagine how chaotic the world would get, even, you know, interest rates. Like, imagine if the Fed just went and tried to sell, what if the Fed tried to sell, you know, $500 billion tomorrow? You know, tell me what would happen then to world markets. Like, it would go bonkers right i mean you just yeah the can't. interest rates would 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 go through the absolute roof because the price yeah. of bonds would collapse because they're trying to sell so yeah, much of it. and just just on the announcement alone everyone the world will go nuts i mean and so i mean the end game and just what know. they were signaling now that's the other half of it right so if you're following these press conferences yeah. there's really two halves to quantitative tightening right they can allow the policy rate to increase. But what Powell always mentions, like just tangentially, like in one sentence, is that he always yeah. says something along the lines of, we're also committed to reducing our balance sheet. 
Yeah, yeah, that's about all you get now. Because that's yeah, the yeah. other side of quantitative tightening. Because they know that they can yeah. uh, they can just let the policy rate sit level for a long, long time. But if they're not doing anything with the balance sheet to get some of these trillions of dollars of debt that they monetized yes. off the books, then that's just money that's out in the economy uh, cycling through, and that's a big part of your inflation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if you're interested yeah. in looking at this, you, you, you can go to the Fed's data website, go to Fred, uh, fred.stlouisfed.org, it's just a big data site, and you just yeah. look at total Federal Reserve assets, and you can see that curve. It's just absolutely huge. Now, this number was under a trillion dollars back in 2008. Now it's at $8.9 trillion. This is not normal behavior. No, it's insane. Yeah. So if the so, Fed is committed yeah, to real yeah, quantitative tightening, they're going to bring that number way, way down from eight point nine trillion. But they haven't. They've barely budged. Yes, and again, and going back to March, all the you know they had to increase by four hundred billion just to save a couple of banks that no one has ever heard of. That were essentially a risk to the whole economy, right? So, so yeah, there's that too. So I guess the the um, uh, too long didn't read version of this conversation is. <laughs> So Powell goes up and he says, oh, inflation's still high and we're still going to do something about it. But oh, by the way, we're not going to raise rates again, which, which is totally saying two things at once. He's saying the opposites of, <laughs> he's saying, oh, inflation's high, but we're actually too afraid to keep combating inflation yeah. is basically what he's going to say. And then if you really want to know how committed they are to bringing down inflation, go look at the balance sheet and see that that's basically gone nowhere. That, oh, look, it's yeah. down by you know, a couple hundred billion or whatever. Uh, well, as you, as you yes. know, uh, you know, 400 billion since the peak times. This is all very, it's gonna take, <laughs> it's gonna take 20 years to get it back to. Yeah, uh, well, yeah exactly. But, but as, as we point out, the minute the crisis happens, the minute like, you know, this thing, I, I, like I say, I, I think this thing is gonna, you know, if five trillion saved the economy in 2020, whenever the next next crisis comes, you know, you'll need 10 trillion, right? I mean, any hope that we can even get to, you know, seven trillion, six trillion, five trillion, like you said, that would take years. That'll take years upon years. But then that assumes that there is no financial crisis and that everything runs tickety boo and there's no more, you know, no wars to pay, no debt ceiling, none of that, right? So yeah, we all we can. Uh, I don't think we can make this point enough. All these projections that the Fed does, and which uh, yeah. Congress makes um, through, say, the Congressional Budget Office, when they look at interest rates and they look at total debt, yeah. always based on a no recession scenario going forward. Yeah, no always recession, based on an idea that no war, that tax no, receipts no. will continue to go up. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's funny for those projections that they've completely remove themselves of the idea of a recession, of war, of economic crisis, of, of anything, right? It's essentially these projections are good so long as nothing ever happens that is bad in the world, right? So if, um, if unemployment even, goes to, say, 5%, which isn't even like a particularly high unemployment rate, but if it started showing yeah. any serious uh, increases, you're right. It would The, the uh, portfolio would go from where it is now at about 8.3 trillion, it would go up to 10 trillion. Like, yeah, exactly. in a month. Yeah. Literally, yeah, yeah. So, and, <laughs> and they'll have a reason for that, right? 
So I guess um, when we see, hear maybe, that uh, Powell is data-driven, right, as long as the politicians are happy and yeah. they don't want more stimulus, then I guess they're going to try and yeah. hold the line. But as soon as there's any sign of real economic trouble, well, then as the phrase that you use is all bets are off, right? They're just going to completely reverse themselves. You can expect yeah. uh, the federal uh, funds rate to collapse and the uh, and their total assets. They're going to start buying up debt and mortgage-backed securities just to prop up all that again. And then that'll just skyrocket, just as it did in 2008 and 2020. Yes, yeah. And just as it did, yeah, 2008. Well, and, sorry, 2008 and 2020. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, and, and if we were to actually go longer back and back to, like, the Great Depression, all that, you'll see those same things that, you know, the Federal is interfering, the Federal is tinkering with rates, the Federal is increasing money supply. So, although we have this Fred data of, you know, we could see 2008 crisis and 2020 crisis. I mean, if we had the data, you know, going back for 100 years, you know, we'd see something very similar to that. The Fed doesn't provide it, though. So, Well, we'll come back next but month then. We'll wait until the, the Fed, we know if the Fed is actually going to hold another month, in which case precedent yeah. would suggest that they're never going back to letting the rate go up, or they could possibly then increase to 55 uh, percent uh, target rate, in which case would continue them on this stair step upward and, yeah, might have some effect then on price inflation. But, yeah, it's going to depend on how committed they are. I mean, if the job data weakens before then, then I'll be shocked if they continue to raise. But it could happen. Um, so we shall see. So thank you for joining us on this episode of the Fed Watch podcast. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with another guest to talk about maybe some foundational issues. Maybe we'll have Alex Pollock back. And then uh, Robert and I will talk about it the next time there's a, another FOMC meeting. So uh, until then, have a great couple of weeks, and we'll see you next time. But I'll make a living just where I don't know, because I'm busted. I'm broke.